Hello, sports fans. Welcome to episode three of Captain's Corner Podcast. I am your host, Coach Jake. With me, as always, the great Coach Matt. Oh, Matt, I how are like we doing that. today? Number three, back at it. Anytime I get to chat about baseball, not a bad day. A little bit of goosebumps. A little bit of goosebumps. A little excitement. And maybe the maybe the jitter juice, but a little bit. Maybe the jitter juice, but we'll we'll take it. Um well, to extend a thank you out to everybody who has been tuning in with us our last couple episodes. Um, our first episode, we we pretty much touched on why we coach and what do coaches do, why are coaches here. Our second episode, we dove into what is travel ball and you know what are some things to look for as a parent when sending your kid into a travel baseball program. Uh, so this third episode, uh, we are going to switch it up a little bit and we're going to just episode will kind of be more directed towards the players yeah i think you know i feel like every episode we can either go broad or like specific yeah because i mean we could do a whole episode about what's a good load right i mean i don't see why not mm-hmm. uh so i think those first two are pretty broad yeah pretty broad but i think this one we're gonna get a little more specific don't you think yeah i think it'd be a good time to do so and uh so today we'll be talking about what should your son or what should you if you're a baseball player and playing for a travel team Excuse me, what should you be doing to get ready for the upcoming season? I think this is a great time. Well, I guess we're doing this podcast during this time because this is the fall. Yes. And I think this is winning the fall, I think, is so huge for kids. Right. And it's one thing that I feel like I always did well, and I think winning the fall can really separate you. Yeah. So I guess before we get into it, we have to understand that different kids are doing different things. Mm-hmm. If you're your fall, if you're playing football right now, compared to if you're playing soccer or if you're playing no sports or if you're playing fall ball, your fall will totally look different. Mm-hmm. However, I think in every one of those scenarios, playing a sport, not playing a sport, playing fall ball, I mean, geez, doing some type of semester in Europe, every one of those scenarios, you can still be getting better. Yeah. And I think that's what is a common pitfall of the fall is that people think you're all in or nothing. Mm-hmm. I've played with many baseball players who are also studs in football. You know, they'd go be quarterback Friday night, and Sunday afternoon they're in the cage. Right. So I guess, um, number one, if you're a parent or if you're a player listening, understand your time restraints. Yeah. Right? Like, what's going on? If you're playing middle school football and you got to practice every night of the week, you know, maybe doing individual lessons in the fall isn't going to work. No. If you are playing fall ball and you play maybe two games a week, well, now you can mix stuff in. Yeah. And if you're doing nothing, well... you got All you got is time. All you got is time. Right. So in the fall, Jake, I guess this is a loaded question, but I want your opinion on it. Should you be more focused on skills, strength, or something else? Like, what, 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 I guess, what, what should I be focused on? Well, I think you have to look at where we live in the Midwest. Yeah. We only get so much good weather. So for me, I'm taking a look at and making a list of all the things that I can do outside that I cannot do inside. That's really good. And I'm going to take advantage of the nice weather. Even if I have to throw on a a knit hat or a hoodie, um, I'm going to take every minute of outdoor time that I can because after, after that snow comes... You know, it it makes it really hard to play baseball in the snow. And especially as a player, is there ever times where you get to throw enough? Or it's like, okay, I've thrown – I guess there is, but I guess I look at it more as 
you can always play long toss. Like you, you should yeah. always be wanting to play long toss. And I was just going to dive into that as well. It'd probably be the first thing that I would put on that list is play long toss for sure. And you can even take do it a, by yourself. Yeah, you maybe really may, maybe you're a guy who's pitched a lot this year. Or you played every game at short, every game at catcher, and you you know used your arm a lot. Okay, so the season ends. You take a couple weeks off, and then right back into right back into long toss. And you, I think you just got to take advantage of every. Every minute of nice weather. Agreed. And that's why I'd even push back on that a little bit. I guess the two weeks off after the season isn't bad, especially if you're a guy who needs it. That's fine. But I always looked at it as my time off is like Halloween to Thanksgiving. Like in my mind, because that's when the weather starts to change a little bit. Yeah. During this time, things you can do by yourself if you're not a part of a team. One, I mean, you can get a bucket of balls and just throw it. You know, I, I, I had a coach told me once, you know, if you want to get your arm stronger, take a bucket of balls, put it on home plate, and see how long it takes you to throw it over the left field fence. Just keep throwing, right? right? Again, that's not scientific, and <laughs> people can argue if that's the best way to do things. Right. But you're getting there. Yeah, right? it's something. You can run sprints. Right? I told this to my team this year, and I heard it once from a coach. Before every game, if you ran three sprints, just ran three hard sprints before every game. And let's say you play 40 games in the summer. It's 40 times three, right? Mm-hmm. Some number I can't even imagine. I can't even think of. Pretty sure it's 120. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Math. Math. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? right? So even if you're, if you're a kid who is, um, let's say you're not playing any fall ball. You're not playing any sports, Yeah. right? Um. Take a bucket, go throw into a net twice a week. Yeah. Go run sprints, find a park, do it in front of your yard, do it in front of your house twice a week. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a pretty simple thing most kids can accomplish. Even if you're 12 years old, you can accomplish yeah. that. I mean, how, I mean, you could even, uh, you know, you could still do your agility, your footwork. Um, you, you can bust out a speed ladder if you got one. If you don't, you can go to a, a ball diamond somewhere and no one's using it and draw one. If you want, if you got to work on some quick feet, you know, you could take a tee. Or even have someone come and throw you soft toss into the backstop. Exactly. And that's why I guess the question that I asked you and I was getting at, how I look at the fall, I look at the fall is that we're like changing your, your body, not necessarily like changing your swing. Yeah. And all of us, me and you included, we're kind of swing nerds, mm-hmm. right? We can talk about the swing. We can get really, really detailed to swing. I look at the fall as a time to get bigger, faster, stronger mm-hmm. while you're not necessarily playing. I wouldn't tinker too much with a swing in the fall no and i guess this kind of goes back when i look at winter hitting when i'm with a kid i'm giving lessons to a kid in the winter i like to take the mindset of and again this is not necessarily 100 accurate but take my old swing destroy it it's dead now yeah i'm starting from the ground up do i use some of the same components of my old swing sure absolutely because not everything you're doing is wrong right it's not Mm -hmm. but i like the mind shift of this is my 2024 swing this is my 2023 swing right so in the fall i don't i mean you can take lessons and I, i give a lot of lessons in the fall it's fine but i look at the fall as bigger faster stronger yeah you you and gotta be in the weight room yeah. Gotta be in the weight room. I, I was uh, umpiring last week, and one of the players who I know was uh, playing, and I was just kind of shooting the breeze with him. I'm like, oh, hey, you been lifting? He's like, I haven't hit the weight room in a while. Horrible answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, Hor- horrible listen, answer. Listen, listen. There's good answers, 
and there's not so good answers. <laughs> and then there's the worst possible answer. And then answer. there's the worst. Yeah, so. Yeah, if, and again, I'm even 13. 13, 12. I don't think there's a problem with getting in the weight room real young. No. I don't. And even like bands, some type of agility work, running. Body weight. And if, if you're in high school, if you're in high school and you're not getting in the weight room, you just don't want it that bad. Right. You just yeah, don't. You're missing the boat for sure. And I don't know. I hear so many, I hear so many stupid things where it's like, oh, I, you know, I, I don't want to get in the weight room and get too bulky in the okay. fall. All right, Bo Jackson. <laughs> well, yeah. It makes no sense. Right. It makes no sense. You can never be too big, too fast, too strong. No. Period. Mm-hmm. It's not even a debate. And again, even if you're, if you're a parent, I'd say your kid's 14. Kind of a weird age. They can't really go to the gym by themselves, I don't think. Right? I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not sure know. if you can't even get a membership. I don't think so. I'm not you sure. You have to be 18. You might be. But like, at 14, and my kid wants to be a baseball player... If you buy him a set of 15 to 20 pound dumbbells, mm-hmm. curls, squats, triceps, shoulder press, lunges, l- lunges, cr- uh, abs, push-ups. Yep. One of the strongest kids I knew in middle school um, was a beast playing football. He would just do push-ups and sit-ups between commercials. A little neurotic, but yeah. I mean, I mean the, the kid was a beast. <laughs> right. And uh, to me, the fall is such a good time to do that. Yeah. Even if you're playing football. Right? You're, you're cracking skulls five days a week. Yeah. Get some time to work on your body, work on your arm strength, work on your speed. Yeah. I, I even, uh, I'm, I'm in touch with a couple of my players now, and they're kind of asking me what to do until we start some lessons here in the fall. And one thing I really press to every kid, um, I want to see what you think about this, Matt, but how about mobility? You Huge. Know, just, getting, just getting more flexible and stretching and especially mobility in your hips. We're talking about hitting here. Yeah. And pitching too. I mean, it's, there's, I think you just can't go wrong with pushing that on a player as a coach. Like, you have to stretch. You have to be, you know. And honestly, that's an amazing point that, yeah. I, that I did not do when I played. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just forgot. And you were a catcher. <laughs> well, I, you could have used that stuff. I learned it later. Yeah, I learned it later, like you know, junior, senior year of college. And I did it every day. Right. But you are one hundred percent right. Any type of stretch before you go to bed, and um, you know, even a little bit every day, just a little bit. And it doesn't have to be some crazy yoga, all these crazy positions. Just you know, some some hamstrings, some quads. Open up the hips. Anyone who's done any of the captains' pitching camps, we we do a bunch of stretching there. Mm-hmm. So you should know those stretches. Also. Google, you know, Google, I, Google can be used for good things too, not just stupid sure. things. For sure. Right? Just Google some stretches. I recently learned how to open up my hips yeah. and stretching. And it was actually through yoga. I was like, all right, let's give this a try. Yeah. You know, and I was actually astounded at how. You don't strike me as a yoga guy. I, well, I'm not, I'm not a, like a, I don't have like a, you know, a plaque in my room or anything. I just, I kind of just put on a little 10 minute thing and it helps. Yeah. It does help you wake up in the mornings, but. I'll tell you what, when I first learned how to open my hips up and I got done doing that stretch, I was like, oh my God, like I, every, every player should be doing stuff like this. You're right. And you know, it's like, man, I, I, um, I even pulled my hip flexor in high school. I had no idea what a hip flexor was, right? And that, that's so, so looking back on it, I'm like, man, I wish this knowledge would have been very resourceful back then. Yeah. And so now that's something I always try to push with these kids, like get flexible. In the fall, or really, geez, for your whole life, yeah. if you could get a routine, again, let's say it's a half an hour of some workout, some, some, some type of lifting, mm-hmm. something, finish off with a stretch. If you could get those habits started in the fall, I mean... The gains are, are 
are going to be there. It's it's so beneficial. Yes. And, you know, I used to – this is a conversation I had with Nate a lot. Me and him talk about this a lot. When I was growing up and playing, I always wanted to be the best baseball player. But I never looked at it as that I wanted to be the best athlete. Yeah. And one, I think it's changing. The culture's changing. I mean, look at college baseball. Those guys are built like corners. They are, yeah. They're huge. They're huge, yeah. And they're gigantic, and they're athletic, and they're strong. So, I, and maybe this, maybe there's something here. And as you can ca- can tell, I'm just riffing right now. <laughs> maybe maybe the fall should be dedicated to becoming the best athlete you can be. Right. You know, play some pickup basketball. Yeah. That's athletic. Yeah. Do some sprints. That's athletic. If you can't, if you don't have a good jump shot, you can't be on my team. Well. I guess I'm. I guess I guess it's very good. I'm not trying out for the 15 new captains. <laughs> but all, all jokes aside, yeah, but you know what you mean, right? right? Yeah. And I think that's a really good time to do it. And you know, even if you're a parent, I, I did have this question come up, and I, I do want to address it after this statement. But if you're a parent, don't think you have to go do a home gym. No, yeah. it, it can really be something like. Do you have? I'd be okay uh, with doing it on a family bike ride. Yeah. If, if you're a parent and you're, if, if you're a parent and you think your son is not necessarily as motivated as he should be or active, yeah, yeah, family bike ride, yeah, like that 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 could put you in the right direction. And I think we even mentioned this first first podcast, first episode. To accurately assess, you have to know where you're starting from. Yes, you know, um, we all know that the standard baseball speed is like sixty yard dash, mm-hmm. right? If your son is running an eight second sixty yard dash. And you think one fall he's going to be running a sub six or a sub seven? I meant sub seven, not sub six. Sub seven. Um, that's not going to happen. Right. So a big understanding where you're starting from and where you need to go is huge. The process. Yes. You know, if your if your son's a little unathletic, like if he's not the most athletic kid in his team, and let's say he has to get a little bigger, faster, stronger, five push-ups in August, end of October, twelve push-ups. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big jump. Yeah. And that and that's good. And just imagine how much better that'll make him first day of captain's practice in November. Yeah, ex- exactly. If you show up to practice in November and you've been sitting on a couch potato, I mean, do you not think we're going to be able to tell? And also, are, do you even want to play? Like do you do, do you even want this? Yeah. It's fine if you don't. I say this all the time. It is not a moral detriment that if you don't want to play baseball. For sure. Like, there are great people who never play baseball. Yep. Really good people. Yep. I mean, I'm still looking for them, but <laughs> but they do exist. <laughs> but they do exist. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Like, if you really want this, you're doing something. And the thing we see a lot of, I'm sure you see it too, is the kids that don't put in that type of work, and then throughout the season they're complaining about, oh, I haven't gotten a hit, or I can't hit a line drive, or, you know, and it's like, well, what, what did you do in the off season? So What did you do when the season was over? And I'd even say... What'd you do extra? Well, right. Because I look at it this way, and this is a big conversation that really needs to be had. You do everything your coach says. You go to every practice. You listen at the practices, and you try hard. What? And let's say you do that all winter. Kudos to you. That's a good job. Right. What did you do this winter that is different than Johnny on your team? If he did the same thing. Exactly. Then you get so in my mind, I look at it as doing what the coach tells you yeah. is the baseline. That gives you a chance. That gives you a chance to be good. Yeah. Well, now if you want to be good, you got to do something extra. Yeah. Period. And I think a fall is a great time to make those gains because there are a lot of good players who are sleeping on the fall. Oh, yeah. We just know it. They're hibernating. So how about this? Let's spin it this way a little bit. I'm playing fall ball. 
let's say I'm playing fall ball, Kiwanis in a different league or whatever. Mm-hmm. How should I approach the fall, either mindset, physically, or goals to get me ready for the next year? Okay. For well, first, for if for your wow, spit it out. If you are in fall ball, okay, these games I'm playing, we're having fun. Oh yes, we're getting better. You know, I don't put a lot of pressure on myself in those games. Now, if I'm your coach, uh, which I do have some players that are currently playing Kiwanis ball. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, pick something that you want to get better at each game, you know, and have, have a purpose when you go to the ballpark instead of just, I'm going to screw around, hopefully we win. You know, have a plan and and maybe even have scheduled uh, in between your games or at some point in the weekend, you know, to get with get one-on-one with a coach uh, go over things that you're working on, things you're seeing out in the field when you're playing, and and let your coach coach you. Let him let him tell you like, hey, we we, we need you to have uh, some more speed. We need you to be more of an athlete, you know. And like they're not going to be able to do that in that Kiwanis, but still, it's something they can work on outside of that. And like you said, do the extra work because I think pushing that extra work, you can never go wrong doing that. No, um, you can never do wrong with extra work. Um, Extra focused work, because I guess you can do some bad work. But I'd say in the fall, what I see as a coach, what I saw as a player, because I, I do a lot of umpiring in the fall. I see it as an umpire. You should be in the fall testing your personal boundaries. Yeah. And what do I mean by that? I mean, um, for example, um, if you're a catcher, if you're a catcher and it's a championship game and you're down by one run, you know, you might not want to back pick. The first, yeah. right? I mean, just you know, the cost benefit's not there, right? Fall ball, mess around with a back pick, mess around with a knee back pick, mess around with a standing back pick, feel it like get a good feel for the game, yeah. right? right? You know, similarly, if you're a pitcher in the fall, pitchers love to try new pitches, it, it, it's sickening. But if you're a pitcher and you need to work on your changeup, let's say you really need to work on it, maybe just maybe every um, you leave the curveball at home. I'm going to pitch a whole game fastball changeup yep. just to work on it, Yeah. right? Or, you know, and again, this is pitching, but we can go any position. Another thing pitchers can do, you know, let's say that they have trouble getting ahead in the count. Tell yourself you're always going to throw a fastball until the count's in your favor. Now, does that mean some hitter might cheat on you? Sure, but you're working on yourself. Right. And, and, and just like hitting. I mean, if I'm a hitter in the fall – Again, I'm talking youth. Things can get different when you're a little bit older. But let's say you really, really struggled staying back on curveballs. Yeah. Every curveball out early. I rolled over every single curveball. I'd maybe tell myself, I'm going to hit every curveball the other way. Therefore, I might be a little bit late on a fastball. Right. Right? You're, you're kind of giving the give and take. Yeah. But you're getting better. Yeah. Because uh, one of the you know, famous saying, and I'm going to butcher it, but if you keep doing more of the same, you're going to get the same results. Right. All right. So if I have my same approach that I had all summer, why is it going to magically change in the fall? It won't. So I think fall ball. So if I'm a player and I'm in the fall ball, one, I'm playing long toss before every game. Two, I'm running some sprints before every game. Three, I'm doing something on that field that might make you feel uncomfortable. Try to extend the single into a double. Yeah. All right. And again, you have to listen to your coach and be on the same page with your coach. But, you know, maybe I'm trying to get really, really good reads at first. Yeah. Maybe I'm trying to get further on my secondary. Yeah. Like this is the perfect time to do it on. Right. Exactly. I think that's a great point. Don't forget mobility. Stretch after the game. Yep. Perfect. Yep. Stretch after the game. Yep. And if you're if you're an outfielder, mess around with again, I 
I think it's beneficial for outfielders to play shallower than deeper. Yeah. At the high level, because then you because you have to learn to range back. Right. Because I think the default for kids is to play deeper. Yeah. Because I think kids kids feel comfortable running in the ball. Yeah. I think if you're an outfielder, get comfortable playing a little more shallow than you're used to, and teaching yourself, hey, I can run back on a ball. Right. I, it's possible. I can do it. Well, it, it's possible, and you have to learn how to do it eventually. Exactly, and you know, messing. Messing around with some positions, I think, is fine, too. Um, we'll get into a whole positional thing. I think kids are real kind of focused on positions when they necessarily shouldn't be. Right. But all that stuff, to me, is fall ball 101, yeah. if you're playing fall ball. Yeah. So let's kind of recap. If you're not playing anything in the fall, you should begin on some daily or every other day routine, lifting, throwing, getting your swings in, running, some type of stretching. The whole thing could probably take less than an hour. Right. It, it probably really could. Yeah, you could get it done. Yeah. If you're in fall ball, you're playing, you should be doing something each game that's expanding, I don't want to say bandwidth, but just like expanding your feel and understanding of the game. Something, right? If you're a catcher, maybe messing around with some one-knee stances that you want to kind of learn. Or getting more comfortable in your secondary stance. Um, hey, back pick to third, give it a try. Have you, have you ever tried it? Right. You know, things like that. You know, if you're a, if you're a shortstop, have you ever taken a grounder and thrown a third, you know, to get that lead runner? Have you ever done that? Yeah. Try it. Try it, yeah. So I think – so if you're playing fall ball, that's what I'd be focused on, things like that. Um, so what if I'm playing football? What if I got football four days a week and I'm playing football? Should I still be doing some baseball stuff in the fall? Jake, what do you think? Um. I think it depends on how rigorous the schedule is and, and you know, because football is very physical. Um, I think me and you both played football, so we kind of understand what it feels like walking out of that practice at the end of the at the end of the day. You're pretty wiped out. I feel like uh, it's good to play other sports, though, too. I think it gives you strength in different areas and, and helps you become an athlete, a better rounded athlete. So, I mean, for me, it depends. It would depend on the schedule. If you have a couple days off. I don't see why you couldn't go play catch on long toss on one of your days off. Yeah. At least, you know, do something. Like, that's that's do, what I was going to get to. Just something. Yeah, pick something. Because like you said, you your schedule's pretty occupied. It's physically demanding. You're wiped out. Take a couple off days and that you got from football and maybe just play catch. Or, you know, I, I don't even know, you know, I, I don't know. I, you don't want to be too mean, but like, listen, toughen up and take some hacks, okay? Even if you're sore, yeah. You know what I mean? But if like you I can't said, play like, sore. You're you're not going to play very long. Well, you're not going to be yeah. You're not going to be an athlete. But you gotta you gotta just pick something, I think, and 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 stick to that. And then when your schedule kind of frees up, then so should your routine. Your routine kind of opens back up to baseball. Yeah, I think if you're playing football um, this fall, I would say do something. Even if you're, even if you have practice five days a week. Let's say you rest all day Saturday. Yeah. Sunday, take some swings, throw a little bit. Right. Something. Yeah. Um, one, do I think that will necessarily – that's something. Do I think you're going to get significantly better in terms of baseball? Probably not. But I think you're going to maintain a little bit. And two, remember, if the fall is focusing on being becoming a better athlete, if you're playing football or soccer, you're, you're checking that box. Oh, like, for sure. like, like you are doing that. So kudos for you. You're checking that box. However, I really would still find some time. It can be 
catch with your old man. It can be catch with a brother. It can be, you know, again, throwing the ball on the field. Um, Indian trails open like every day I see. It's wide open. Just go there. Right. You know, you probably don't have to run. You probably don't have to lift in the fall because you're probably taking care of that with the sport. But something I think you can be. Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's got to be a must. And, you know, it's like you got kids that in their head, they like, hey, I want to play at Vanderbilt someday. I want to play college baseball. What work are you putting in? when other kids are sitting on their butt. What, exactly. What, you know, and it's like, you know, maybe maybe you got some baseball players with you that play football. Are they taking that Sunday and dedicating a couple hours to baseball stuff? You know, or are kids in Milwaukee that you're going to play in the future? There's a lot of stuff I like to bring up to kids just to give them some perspective. Like, have you ever heard this term? I hear, I see this a lot. Have you ever heard this phrase, paralysis by analysis? You ever heard that before? I have. I don't think so. So what I think it means, and I could be wrong. It's got a nice ring to it. Kind of rhymes. Yeah. Or sounds similar. Paralysis means that you do nothing because you're so busy analyzing stuff. Okay. Because there's so much information now. Yeah. And I think people are too caught up with what's the best way to do it. Right. Like how I said, putting the bucket of balls at home plate and throwing to the left field fence. Is that the best way to strengthen your arm? Honestly, probably not. It's probably not a million hits on YouTube. Yeah, but... It's better than the guy on the couch. It is. It's way it's better. a thousand times better. It's way better. Yeah. So I think if you're confused, do something. Take some dry hacks. Yeah. Get a get a tee. Get a wiffle ball. Get something. Every person I know, me, Nate, you, had something at home. Yeah. Something. You know, it's kind of funny you say that because I, I grew up next door to baseball players, guys who play baseball. And... I remember, I, I vividly, I just, you brought this up, and I remember now looking out, the, I would see this guy in the yard with just a baseball bat, and he's throwing the bat, and he's swinging the bat, and he's throwing it. Great drill, he's doing the drill. He's doing the drill. That's a good one. So I, think, uh, I think Jarvis, he was at Parkside at the time, and Jarvis taught him that drill. Oh, yeah. So I remember going outside, and be like, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm working on my swing. And he sit there and explain it to me, and I'm like, okay, well, here's a guy who's by himself, doesn't have a bucket of balls. He doesn't have a, all this equipment. He just has a bat. And he's getting better. Yeah. He's doing something. Yeah. And it's, you know, um, Augie Schmidt tells a story that when he was younger, he, his dad, I think, had like an oar for a boat. He would just swing that oar. He would just swing that oar for bat speed. Yeah, great. Right? Great. Job. And it really is um, uh, another one of my favorite stories. Uh, one of my favorite baseball players when I was growing up, Todd Helton. Remember oh, him? Yeah, yeah. Right? Rockies. Yep. He would hit in his dad's garage, and his dad had a boat. And the boat was on his, like, pool side. So Ooh, he so, don't want to hit dad's boat. Well, that's what, it's what he said. He said he'd get in a lot of trouble if he'd pull. He was a lefty. Yeah. So if he would roll over that one off the tee. So he said that really taught him to stay inside the ball. Because he's like, I'm not going to hit my dad's boat. Right. And, you know, I know those, are, those stories are a little gimmicky. And those stories are a little like, oh, shucks, look what they did. But I know a lot of guys who played this game for a high level. And every single one did stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Every single one. You can even ask Nate. And Kevin would know. Kevin would remember this. Nate would always like hitting sunflower seeds. We would throw sunflower seeds and Nate would hit them. He's like, oh, it's smaller. It makes you focus. Did that work? I don't know. But it's something. Yeah. You know, me and Nate didn't have a baseball. We're in the backyard. Can hit sunflower seeds. It's something. Right. So I think no matter how busy you are, you should be doing something in the fall. Yeah. Here's a question that was asked, and I can bring it up. We're good now. What if you're a parent and you see your kid in the fall not doing as much as he should? How can I get my kid on the right track? How can I, like, motivate him to get going? Can I? Should I? Well, man, that's tough because I think there 
if they're younger for sure you could you could definitely do something speak up and say like you know i think it really depends though i thought about this question for a while so i have an in-depth answer i thought about this okay well i'll let you go then because i don't have an in-depth so, answer here's what i would say so I'm, I'm imagining this is my kid i would look at a couple things first one understand the person who the person who asked me this question they think the kid's like 16 so let's let, let's kind of jump up let's say this kid's like 14 15 16 17 okay, high schooler okay, okay understand that teenagers have like teenage angst right like yeah. every little teenager wants to sleep till 10 and right. just be lazy i think that's just you know part of their growing up process so understand that's who you're working with yeah. You know, thinking this, thinking you're going to put like a Navy SEAL type schedule for this kid is probably not going to happen. Right. Some kids, they do, but not right. every kid. Right. Next, I would, and this sounds so corny, but I really think we should address it. What's your kid eating? And oh, I, I and I, I say this because I've had so many times I would talk to some of the guys on my team and be like, hey, what'd you have for lunch? Or hey, like, you know, what'd you eat before the game? And every response I would get would be so jarring. This this year, before like the hottest game of the year we played, this kid's like, yeah, I had meatloaf from last night and two bags of Skittles. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that, you're gonna feel great today. I was like, how could you ever think that that's gonna be good before a game? Yeah. So I guess if if, if your kid's being like lethargic, like did he, he eat eating? lunch? What's he eating? Did he? There was a kid at Indian Trail. He's a good player. Like he would say for lunch, he'd have like a Red Bull. He'd have like two Red Bulls for lunch. And I'm like, those are liquids. <laughs> Yeah, that's not even a lunch. <laughs> Those are liquids, young man. <laughs> you, don't so, get, you don't get to have liquid lunches until you're older. So, <laughs> so, I mean, I know that's a small detail, but, like, if, if I'm looking at a kid and he's just being, like, a lazy bum, kind of, like, okay, is it because he's, like, nutrient <laughs> deficient? <laughs> I mean, that's a huge thing. It is. It is. And especially, you know, it's small. And, again, we're not going to do... Uh, paralysis by analysis. I don't need all of his carbs and macros lined up. Did you eat food for lunch? Right. Was that food, was there a vegetable mixed in? Right. Well, there's some nutrients in this. Yes. Food. So right. I really do think that that's like square one. Yeah. Step number two, I think is not putting all, don't put it all in front of the player. Like, and I'm not saying you got to like trick them to get better, but small increments, keep it small. Just, yeah. you know, and you know, if you're a dad and you want to get this kid kind of motivated, Hey, let's play catch me and you can play catch or Hey, I'll hit you some grounders or, and I like doing stuff like this and I think it motivates kids. You hit me some grounders. Yeah. Like we're in this together. Like yeah. it's, it's kind of fun and right. we, we get it. You know, sometimes you, you do it too a lot, Jake. Um, I'll, I'll take some grounders with the kids. Oh, I'll jump in a drill. Like, or, or, oh, yeah. or, or, or I'll take some swings with the kids. One, I think it's fun. Oh, yeah. Two, I think, it, I think it's good to see kids like, hey, I'll boot a grounder. Right. Like, hey, we're, it's hard. You're human. We're, it's, it, we're human. The game is hard. Yeah. But it's fun. Yeah. Like, this is fun. Right. Like, so make it kind of fun. Um, small chunks, make it kind of fun. And also, you know, Pair it, pair the training for times that can be successful. This is hard with parents that are working. I get it because everyone is. But if you're, if you, if a kid's being a little bit lethargic and you say, hey, uh, 0500, we're going to go play a long toss. Less, res probably less results than it's like, hey, we just had dinner. It's a nice fall night. Let's play, let, let's, let's toss the ball around a little bit in the backyard. Yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be as structured as you think it is. No. It really doesn't. No, just getting them out there and doing it. And then the more you kind of set up like, hey, we're going to play catch after dinner again tonight, right? 
And then next thing you know, you're kind of like you're getting them on the right track, and they're kind of good. They're going to take it. Hopefully, they would take it on. You know. And another thing too that I, I thought about this, I didn't really frame it in this conversation correctly. What I would do: take your son to a college sporting event. It doesn't have to be baseball. Baseball would be great, right? But if you're in the fall, take him to like a guys' volleyball game or even a girls' volleyball game. Any type of sport in college. Yeah. And you know, there's Carthage, there's Parkside. Take a trip to Milwaukee. Take a trip to Madison. And just have your son understand that this can be you. Yeah. These goals can be yours. These accomplishments can be yours. Yeah. And, you know, it's so – when you're playing fall ball and it's 58 degrees and you're at Nash on a Tuesday night <laughs> at 7 o'clock, yeah. you know, playing in front of fans seems a million miles away. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's not. It's not. And if you frame it properly – have reasonable expectations, I think you can get almost any kid motivated. Yeah. I, I really do. Right. And I think that's also part of our jobs too as coaches. You know, we, um, if you're a coach, you should take some of that stuff serious because sometimes as a coach, you need to give that push. We talked about that in the first episode. You know, give that push. and um, But at the same time, kids have to take it upon themselves. And I, you're right. But I think it's a little different with a parent. A parent pushing and a kid pushing is different. Yeah. Or a, 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 a parent, a parent and coach. Yeah. I have known few kids who are extremely receptive to parent coaching. Some are. Yeah. Most give pushback to their parent. Right. Because, you know, they're parents. Um, the ones that do, that are really receptive to their dad, usually those kids are pretty good. Yeah. I mean, because they're, they're on the same page. Yeah. And again, uh, that's every family's different, so who knows? So as a coach, I think I can be a little harder, actually. Yeah. I feel like, and again, I, I bet people would disagree with this, but as a coach, I feel like I can really get on. I'm like, hey, don't want to be here, leave. Don't want to do this, leave. Like, I want people who are ready. As a parent, I think you have to come at it as a little more finesse. Yeah. Just because, I, I think if you sledgehammer it with a kid, he's going to shut down on a parent. Oh, for sure. For sure. At, at least I think so. And, be, and also, you don't want to make, like, you don't want to make it negative. No. You know, you don't you don't you want them to have fun. It should with be a it. good experience. Yeah, it should be a good experience, a positive experience. You don't want them to you want them to have fun with the whole thing. So And really, if you have questions, if you're in one any of these camps and you have questions, like, hey, can you draw something up for my kid to do this fall? I mean, you can email email us. I mean, I'd do it for free for any kid. It would yeah. take a minute, but right. I I would gladly do it for free. I'd gladly have a phone call with it. And, I mean, you can reach out to Coach Kevin, go to Lakefront Dugout website, something positive. Yeah. And even, again, it can be as simple as Sunday take off from, or Saturday take off from football, Sunday run four poles, play a long toss, and take 20 swings. Yeah. It could be just that simple. That's an hour. I mean, if I'm running poles, it might be two hours. Well, <laughs> that's new here or there. That's a personal problem. <laughs> that's a personal <laughs> That comes with time. But, uh, no, I think that's good stuff. And, um like I said, if uh, like Matt said, if you guys uh, would like to send us anything, again, our email is captainscorner444 at gmail.com. Please don't be shy. Send us in um, anything you'd like. We're going to take a look at the next episode. We're going to go through our emails here, and we're going to see what you guys sent us, and we're going to dedicate a little time to responding to some of those emails. Yeah, maybe next episode will be like a mailbag. A mailbag, maybe. right. Right, hopefully. Yeah. I, I mean, love that. And, and we do have some questions, and it, it's just hard – Sometimes, and I encourage, because a lot of people have sent me some emails, but I encourage when you do, 
maybe be as specific as you can. Yeah. Only because sometimes when they're broad, and maybe this is like me being too analytical, um, every situation is different. It is. It really is. And same thing with your fall ball preparation. Yeah. Your fall ball preparation might not look like my fall ball preparation. Exactly. However, we're still getting in the same spot. Right. And again, you're, if, if, if you're a kid who's the, you know, needs to lose some weight, again, it is what it is. Let's say you're the biggest kid on your team. You know it. Everyone knows it. It's not a detriment on you. Right. Your fall ball prep might be just getting on the bike. Yeah. Eating. Eating better. better diet. Eating yeah. better. And like th- that could be all you do. Right. But that's good for you. Right. Maybe it's going to make you a better baseball And player. if I'm the scrawniest kid on my team, maybe my fall ball prep is mostly physical weight room stuff. Yeah. That's fine. Putting some muscle on. And again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look different for everyone. Have a plan. Get it done. Have fun. And I promise... You know this too, Coach Jake. When the first couple practices come around, the difference between a kid who's been working and not, it's just so easy to see. Yeah. I mean, I actually don't even have to see it. I just tell by how they walk in. Yep. It really is that easy. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to the third installment of the Captain's Corner. Uh, again, our email, if you'd like to reach out to us, is captainscorner444 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Tune in next week. We have Fred McGriff's nephew coming on the show. Uh, Nephew crime dog himself. So stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss that, folks. All right. Take care.